أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome all you listening to Rahil Hamza and Shafiq Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Verbal Outpost where we like to have an informal conversation about real topics and we'd also like you to take part so make sure you do leave us a comment or drop us an email on verbaloutpost at outlaw.com with your thoughts and comments so um, the topic we're going to be discussing today is how have the COVID lockdowns affected us personally and we're going to try and kick into how that's affected people in society and in the country in general as well um obviously since march 2020 almost coming up to a year we've been trying to deal with the uh, pandemic of covid19 it's completely flipped things upside down how we uh, normally would deal with things yeah you know going anything from the way we work to the way we shop even to the way we interact with one another whether that's friends family or anybody else um and obviously there's been various limitations since the initial lockdown in march um to keep us safe from the covid virus spreading and that's what we want to focus our conversation on today um obviously everybody will have been impacted by at least one of these i imagine um if not multiple different points um throughout the whole pandemic here uh, the first one is obviously a clear-cut financial impact that's impacted um, various businesses who have lost income um, from either having to temporarily close or even completely shut down their business um, which has obviously had a further impact on people losing their jobs or um, if they're temporarily closed, perhaps losing income. Um, you've got the furlough reductions of income going down to 80%. Um, and as I mentioned, job losses altogether. Um, and even financially being impacted by having you know, energy bill usages at home. So working from home, scenario where you might be in the office in the winter, um, there's no electricity or heating being used that's been effectively provided by your employer or the school that your kids might be going to is now being managed by yourself and onto your bills. Um, Shaf, how have any of these things impacted you financially? Um, financially, um, Alhamdulillah, no. Um, I was worried initially um, back in March when sort of the lockdown stuff was happening um, because they did start discussing where they were going to cut um, j- um, cut some jobs and whatnot. So I was like a bit worried about uh, what they were going to do at my workplace. But thankfully, um, my job was fine. It was secure. Uh, what they did instead was they went down the route of the voluntary uh, redundancy. And a lot of people that have been working um, at my workplace for a a many number of years, they took that package because it was just such a good package to take. So they just took the redundancy Mm. instead. And thankfully, no one actually lost their job, but they voluntarily left. Um... Yeah, um, kind of a similar thing for me as well. Uh, I'm in a little bit of a different boat in that Mm. I run my own business and actually uh personally alhamdulillah we've been okay um not really been a problem but i've got to say i've got to say massive props to the government for offering large amounts of funding and doing it fairly quickly as well i remember around march april time last year when the first lockdown kicked in they rolled out the furlough scheme incredibly quickly um which was pretty impressive it's quite a complex scheme 
Um, so, mm. yeah, I mean, from a business perspective, we've been impacted quite significantly. But however, that's been balanced out with a lot of the support the government's offered in the form of furlough, a lot of the grants, the loans and things um, on offer uh, and continue to be offered as well. And the government also, I mean, one of the points you made, Raheel, was about the energy usage um, mm. as well. So that was helpful because um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but you can get some uh, tax reductions for mm. uh, to do with um, energy usage at home. And they knock off some money um, from your sort of monthly salary and stuff. You get a bit of a tax cut. It's interesting, actually, because one thing I realized and one thing I've realized over the years is that actually there's quite a big knowledge gap when it comes to what you can what you're entitled to and what you're not mm. there's quite a big knowledge gap and it is a bit of a surprise when yeah. you realize oh okay all right i was entitled to that that's that's happened to me a few times in the past six months it's interesting that you mentioned that as well because i think uh, you know working in customer service myself where i'm speaking to a lot of people who are you know covid aside um, who are struggling financially the signposting, if you like, of what people um, would perhaps be entitled to isn't necessarily given to them. You have to kind of venture out and find it for yourself, which is a bit of a shame, I always thought. Um, but one thing I did want to follow up on, sorry, Hamza, um, in terms of obviously running your own business, do you feel like the way that perhaps your business might have had to change the way it's running um, has had a positive impact in the way the business itself runs, financial elements aside, but just the way the business runs. Would you say that's been a positive change that perhaps you might adopt moving forward or perhaps you would revert back to the old ways, as it were? I think that's a great question. I think as we're going into our third lockdown, well, halfway through our third lockdown, mm. um, I think it's never going to be the same as it was. And I think... Mm we uh, th th there's going to be a new normal and yeah actually it worked out very well and i think one very interesting thing about any entrepreneur is that um you'll figure out a way to make things work and you'll pivot away from what you're doing to towards something that's a bit more viable depending on the circumstances so actually yeah we did make quite a big change and uh yeah alhamdulillah you know without going into all the gory detail mm. Um, it's it's been a very positive change. So Alhamdulillah, very kind of a blessing in disguise, which has been good. Alhamdulillah, that's good. That's good. And hopefully that's been the same experience for many others out there running their business as well. Um, I hope so. Yeah, I really hope so. Brilliant. Um, so that's obviously the general financial impact that we're, people have suffered. Um, the next thing I wanted to touch upon is education. Um, so obviously, there was a period of time when kids were not even going to school altogether. Um, even now, there's a lot of home learning or remote learning has uh, caused kids to fall behind. Um, and kids initially last year, you know, would have had a lot of stress not knowing how the exams system would have worked, um, you know, in terms of how it would normally be regulated. We had the exam and you sit the exams and you know your, your, your mark, your end of your mark is going to be based on that. But in the end, obviously, it was based on the algorithm. So it wasn't quite reflecting perhaps what they could have potentially achieved, I guess. Um, and then parents having to provide that teaching support 
whilst they were working perhaps as well so they're trying to juggle both things at the same time and you know as I know from for me if I was homeschooling um, it would definitely wouldn't be up to the curriculum standard um, but I'd be pushing my best but again it's that juggling aspect how do you guys feel about that Hamza if you want to go first yeah there's a few really interesting things here I think I think um, if we just have a look at the home education uh, for a second, that that's been I've I've got three kids between mm. four and eight, and uh, all three boys as well. So you imagine the amount of testosterone <laughs> in the house. But Quite the handful. Yeah, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. So it, it it's been a real challenge. I've got to admit, it's not like I've been doing much either. It's my wife that's been it's the mum that's been doing most of the teaching. And it helps that she's a teacher in training at the moment as well. So, That's brilliant. Yeah, so she's actually been able to use a lot of things. I think what's interesting is how it's contrasted so much from the first lockdown almost a year ago to the third lockdown now. Mm. Um, the first lockdown, actually, when it happened, it was all hands on deck and we tried to deal with the change as best as possible and went full force homeschooling mode for the first week couple of weeks and then realized yeah we don't think it's sustainable it was really 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 tough to maintain that discipline at home um so actually what we did the first time around we tried to have a look at ways of how can we teach them about things that uh things like enterprise skills so not necessarily a classroom environment but how can we teach them things like gardening so some of those skills Mm. like riding a bike um yeah playing football cricket so certain skills that aren't necessarily academic but are just as important so it was interesting going from the first lockdown to the current lockdown where yeah it's actually um pretty organized i think it's much more organized now i I think we've managed the expectation much better this time around rather than thinking that we're going to be teaching six hours a day monday to friday i think it's much more realistic now yeah. Two before, definitely. Chef, how about you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would agree with Hamza. I think the first time round, you know, it was sort of all hands on deck. No one really knew how to deal with the education side um, and homeschooling. The schools, um, they seemed like they were sort of faffing around a little bit as well because it's just something no one was prepared for. Mm. Um, But uh, thankfully, uh, now I feel like the schools are a lot more prepared. So even though it's not ideal, um, I have found that recently the schools are calling up, checking up um, on the kids, um, on their progress and stuff. Uh, They called up to find out what sort of technology we have at the home, if we're having any issues with that. You know, thankfully we're okay we've got laptops we've got tablets but it's just something that you don't always um consider that there are probably families out there who are struggling you know they don't have the resources they need and um, these schools um thankfully they're providing us with little tools um to help that education help make it a little bit easier for those um doing homeschooling brilliant yeah that was one of the next points we're going to touch on but hamza you wanted to uh, interject there yeah, no, I, I think Shafiq struck a chord with me when he said the schools were faffing. I'm not sure if that's a technical term. <laughs> it, is, it is technical. <laughs> but I, I, I think, I think uh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. I think the first time around, um, they didn't have a clue what they were doing. And it's funny, actually, my kids' school, one of the, one of the main 
words that encapsulates a school they use is in innovation and you know being adaptable and quickly respond to change. That clearly wasn't the case. Um, but you know, it, it, it was very, very, very tough for them. So yeah, you know, I do sympathize with them as well the challenge that yeah. they had. Yeah, like Shaf said, yeah, it's something that nobody was expecting. So um you just kind of had to adapt and adjust very quickly, wasn't it? Um how how would you guys feel from that kind of background then? The availability of actual curriculum resources were available to you guys or you know you're signposted perhaps to the right areas did you, did you find that support was there or did you have to kind of venture off and find that information for yourself i'm probably going to be a little bit unpopular here but i think there was very little and if i'm being very harsh with the school i'd say that they offered very little to us but then I'd also counter that by saying, actually, us as parents can't be expected to be spoon fed. And we do need to take the initiative and go and seek out resources and uh, make an effort as well. So I don't think the school is going to give us absolutely everything. Mm. Um, and in terms of what they did offer, in terms of the learning curriculum, it was really, really, really limited. I think all three lockdowns have been quite distinctly different as well. So first lockdown, I think there was next to nothing. The second lockdown, there's a little bit more. And then this current lockdown, um, there's more, but we're much more on board. And actually all, all three of our kids are back at school anyway, because, because we're classed as key workers. So we've not really felt it this time around, but, 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 but I think the onus to a large extent is on us as parents to make the effort and take the initiative as well. Brilliant. And one of the points that Shaf touched upon a couple of minutes ago was about resources in terms of technology. Um, so there's a lot of people that wouldn't have had technology to, you know, if you've got three, four kids in the house, they won't necessarily have three, four separate devices for each of them to log into their lessons. Do you feel that there was enough support to help, you know, fill that gap really? Um, initially, yeah, I mean, I would say initially, no, um, I think the schools, I think eventually decided that, oh, if they did lack um, a number of different devices at home that they would offer to let the kids come into school and mm. use the computers there. Um, yeah. I think recently what I'm quite impressed with is the school have found sort of websites which offer and it's not a live teaching um i know a lot of schools are sort of doing live tutoring and with a whole bunch of kids um i've seen you see um sort of articles and videos in america where teachers are going live but rather they're pre-recorded sessions yeah. um and then a child can watch that in their own time it doesn't have to be all at the same time and then the teacher would then get in touch with the parent um and review the work um that's been done and they can check on the progress that way so i think the idea of using pre-recorded sessions works better especially for families that don't have two or three different devices because you can mm. then sort of plan around that because because yeah. it's pre-recorded you're not sort of restricted to one specific time but would you not argue that perhaps that could you know throw out of the window the element of routine for a child um you know for example if, if they've got one device and there's three kids um normally they'd all be at school from you know nine till five or whatever it is nine till is it three nowadays three three four o'clock and they'd all be home at the same time but if they're spreading that out and staggering it they could potentially be learning till 7 8 p.m maybe starting 
11, 12 p.m. perhaps? Hamza? I think a couple of things on this. I think um, I think firstly, if you're on, if you're if you're in my household, and I appreciate not everybody is, uh, but if you're <laughs> in my household, there's I think about seven or eight devices between uh, five of us. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's quite surprising how many devices there are and how kids can keep themselves busy on Roblox when they need yeah. to. Um, so that's quite surprising, but. I appreciate it. not everybody is going to have access to that many devices um, because, yeah, could be for a number of different reasons, but there is support and schools are, um, during this current lockdown, they are teaching kids that do not have access to devices. I think they're considered um, vulnerable people, I think. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't sound like the right word, but I th- I'm not sure if it's the right term, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't think it is the right term, but it's um, it's it, it, it's uh, it's an option for people that don't have access to multiple devices um, for them to send their children into school where they can continue their learning um, in an in a traditional teaching environment mm. in a classroom environment. So there is that option available um, for people that don't have access to. A number of devices yeah and i guess even if you had the devices it could also be a secondary issue that the internet connection you may have in the house might not necessarily have enough support for all of those devices running at the same time perhaps but i guess if they've got that safety net like you mentioned where they can then go into that classroom environment um it kind of falls back on that as well um chef any, anything else you want to add to that point no, I mean, you sorry, you mentioned the whole routine thing, but to be honest, I think uh, COVID threw all routine out the window. Um, so I don't think anyone has a proper routine. I don't think any child is following a school routine anymore. Um, with us, uh, each child, I've got two kids, they do maybe about four hours of studying every day rather than the normal typical sort of nine till three, six hours, six and a half hours of education. And they have a lot of breaks in between, but it, we sort of that's the only way we're able to do it. I'm working mm. um, and my wife is doing most of the education, but she also has to run her home as well. I think what's really interesting is that it really opened up the option of, well, I'm sure it's either opened up or closed up the option of homeschooling for many. Um, I think in our case, the first couple of lockdowns, it wasn't really an option. Um, with we've been doing some home learning particularly throughout christmas as well and i think the kids are getting much more used to it now Mm. it's interesting because if you've never explored that option i'm pretty much every parent now yeah is thinking about that more than they were before even if it is just discounting it and ruling it out people are thinking about it so it's very you know it's interesting and touching on some of shafiq's points that you mentioned about how there's a number of breaks in the school day. Actually, you can condense a lot of the learning down into about two hours, a whole day's mm. worth of learning. Um, when you're doing one-to-one teaching, condense it down to two hours. So it's it's interesting some of the things that we've discovered over the past year when it comes to teaching, education, and some of the typical traditional notions that we hold on to about, you know, you just send your kid to school. So it's interesting to see some of the other alternatives the other options and how they 
pan out. It's been interesting. Brilliant. Uh, oh, Hamza, you want to? Uh, but yeah, so just before we mention the last point to discuss uh, before we take our break, I just want to remind all our listeners that this show is pre-recorded, so please don't call in. Uh, but if you do have any questions or any comments or feedback that you want to provide us, uh, you can drop us a quick email at the scoops of life at outlook.com. That email address again is the scoops of life at outlook.com. And uh, we'll try and pick up any points, uh, hopefully in a future show, or perhaps just reply to you by email if it's appropriate. And the last point I want to start discussing before we do take the, uh, the break uh, is, is around mental health as well. So we've, we've talked about financial impact and you know the impacts on education. I guess that would naturally and likely have a cause on uh, an impact on mental health for some people as well. Um, one article, for example, that I read, uh, somebody who would normally be working, have a nice routine, you know, have, have a feeling of purpose, if you like, um, all of a sudden being put on furlough and effectively feeling like I don't, I'm not needed anymore. Um, and in, in that particular article, he even said, as a result of that, I would be in bed until afternoon time. Uh, and then that obviously had a knock-on effect in waking up, being awake until, say, 2, 3 a.m. Any thoughts from you, Hamza, uh, in regards to the impacts of mental health from COVID? Uh, yeah, I'm not... I'm not sure I should. I'm, I'm not sure I should share some of those opinions, though. Um, they're not going to be popular opinions, and um, I understand. I get that some people are going to have the example you gave was a change in routine. Mm. Now, I absolutely understand there's going to be situations where people are going through real mental health problems. There's going to yeah. be the elderly. There's going to be children who um, whose lives have completely been flipped upside down. They may not be as resilient as people a lot older. You've got senior citizens. You've got the elderly who may be living alone and they've you know, they're having to shield for a number of months. So there's extreme scenarios where... Yeah. I totally understand that. We really need to deal with some of the mental health implications with that. I think when it comes to these situations where it's somebody who's been on furlough, you, you're, st yeah, you're still getting your paycheck. You know, if we're talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you've still got a roof over your head and you've still got yeah. your food on your table. It's, you know, a slight sense of purpose you've lost and i, I I'm, I'm baffled that somebody's waking up at 2 p.m <laughs> just because they, they've been furloughed i mean what is, is is that what the default position would be so again i don't know the whole scenario that what the circumstances are but j j just i think at times with certain people you need to toughen up like i said there's a lot of genuine cases yeah. and i'm not knocking any of those or dismissing any of those but with some scenarios, toughen up, and you got to be a little bit more resilient and find something to do. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a whole spectrum of uh, mental health there. Um, Shaf, did you want to mention anything before it, we take to break? 
Yeah, I mean, I was just saying that I think maybe people who um, live alone, uh, maybe they're having a more difficult time than those who are living with a partner or with um, family and whatnot. Maybe it's a bit easier for them um, because they've got the social aspects still sort of there. Um, I think other people are adapting really well as well. Um, there are people, you know, who are instead of going to the gym, they're going out. And, you know, if they are able to, if the guidelines allow them, they're meeting people outside. Um, so there are ways around it. And as Hamza said, you know, people who are having having a difficult time you can you just have to learn to adapt i mean alhamdulillah i feel like islam has been a big help for me um during this difficult time i you know i'm quite grateful for that and that's helped keep my mental well-being uh, on track definitely i'd agree with that and just before we cut to break um we'll see you guys in a few minutes <laughs> 